Brilliant. Well, if you're a bit younger, do grab some of those crayons, grab some of those things to colour in, and you've got some web searches, all kinds of things to do, bookmarks to make, and uh, do enjoy doing that while we're thinking a bit more as grown-ups about that part of the Bible from Ezra chapter 4. Do you have that open if, if you like to? It's on page 475. 475. It's true that sometimes it will look like God's enemies have won. Sometimes it will look like God's enemies have won. And we need to know that because some versions of Christianity talk, just talk about endless victory. You can do it. Believe in yourself. God wants to do great things with you. You can be a great success. You just have to find the possibilities inside of yourself. You can be happy seven days a week. You never need to be overcome by anything in this world. You will experience success. You can turn your scars into stars. So people say, have you come across that version of Christianity? Well, there are some elements of truth in that version. There are some victories that we experience now. But sometimes it will look like God's enemies have won. That's the world of the cross, where Jesus goes to his death looking totally and utterly crushed and defeated. And that's the world of Ezra 4, where the Lord has already started moving people's hearts in order to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And we, and we find that when God moves their hearts, the first thing they want to do is build a temple so they can worship him. It's all been going so well, but all of a sudden it looks like God's enemies have won, yeah? always plows into the ground and sometimes the Bible wants us to know that it's going to be part of our Christian experience if you're a Christian here this afternoon. Three things about that very briefly from Ezra 4 and the first one says you won't win every battle. You won't win every battle. It's so frustrating isn't it? I don't know whether you felt that. You know, God's people have, um, have gone back to build a temple in Jerusalem and, and, and they're worshippers, they're, they're not warriors. You know, they're, um, they're temple builders, they're not terrorists. <laughs> okay? They're, they're doing something that's right, that's pleasing to God. They're doing something good, I mean, they're not enriching uranium, you know, in, uh, in, in this part of the hard Middle East. Not planning biological warfare. They want to build a temple to their God, and yet they face opposition. And in fact, this chapter makes that point forcibly. Because first of all, in, in, in verses 1 to 5, we find the story of how the temple builders run into trouble. And then in, in verses 6 to 23, you sort of get a flash forwards of history. A flash forwards. You can see that from the title the NIVs put in. Later under opposition, under Xerxes, and Artaxerxes, that's the bit where the letters are sent backwards and forwards. It's a flash forwards. And then we're back to talking about the temple in verse 24. This is how the chapter ends. That's the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. You can flash forwards, verses 6 to 23, return to the main story for the final verse of the chapter. But the point it's making is this. You won't win every battle. You won't. 
In fact, chapter 4 puts together a list of what happens sometimes in your Christian experience, if you're a Christian. Discouragement, people making you afraid, bribery, people trying to frustrate you, people lodging accusations, writing letters, telling lies, using flattery, threatening, and exaggerating. I mean, look, look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. They're, 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 talking, they're sending a letter to the king. We inform the king that if this city is built and its walls are restored, you will be left with nothing in trans-Euphrates. Yeah, trans-Euphrates, that's a really big chunk of the, of the Persian Empire. That's an exaggeration, isn't it? That's a, that's a lie. The um, Empire of Persia, in modern terms, had a tax income of about £20 million. £20 million. And, and the people writing the letter are saying, you know, you go ahead and let them build a brick wall and, and everything the Persian Empire has ever stood for is lost forever. You, you want to go ahead and destroy the known universe? You, you just let them go right ahead and build a wall and you wait and see what happens. But you know what their threats work? Sometimes lies are listened to. It can be very effective. Sometimes it looks like God's enemies have won. You know, missionaries get deported, churches are thrown out of their premises, pastors get put in prison, schoolgirls in Nigeria get kidnapped, and our scars don't always get turned into, scar into stars as Christians. You know, we won't win every battle. Christians need to know that, it helps our expectations. Doesn't have to mean that something's gone wrong if we're having a hard time. It teaches us we're not the only people facing a struggle, particularly when everyone else at church seems to have sort of lives that are going so well, seems so sorted. It reminds us that we're not alone. We won't win every battle, you know? And secondly, there are always going to be people who try and stop the work of God. Okay, that's the second point. There are always going to be people who try and stop the work of God. Sometimes it's really close to home. So have a look at um, chapter 4, verse 2. This is sort of Bob's next door neighbours. Um, virtually, you sort of come and bang on his door. Comes to Robert Barnes to the heads of the families and says, Let us help you build, because like you, we seek your God. That's a bit vague, isn't it? We seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Ezahadan, king of Assyria, who brought us here. Well, according to 2 Kings 17, have a look at the verse on the screen. This is how they describe to another part of the Bible. These guys, they worship the Lord, but they also serve their own gods in accordance with the customs of the nations from which they've been brought. They're trying to hedge their pets. They're not friends, although they seem like it. And that's that offer of help. I mean, Zerubbabel could have done, could have done with that. Now, with the original temple, they had 24,000 priests to help with the temple. Now they've got 74. But you see what happens when Zerubbabel puts on the brakes? They turn against the work of God. They try and stop the work of God. And sometimes it's just relentless. Verse 5, you see, they bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia down to the reign of Darius, year after year after year, and it just grinds you down. And science is very close to home. 
Uh, I was a student at, at Bart's Hospital just down the road, and I was involved with a, with a Christian group there. We were just meeting once a week to look at the Bible. That's what we were doing. Occasionally we go out and try to tell people about Jesus. And we were thrown out of the student's union, which meant we no longer had a place to meet. We weren't allowed to produce any publicity. We didn't get any funding from the university. And the person who was sort of instrumental in, uh, in kicking us out of the student's union would have called themselves a Christian. Yeah. It's hard. That's part of the experience of faith. If, if, if you're thinking of becoming a Christian, um, that's really exciting if you're just looking into Christian things. Um, that's fantastic. Nathan's going to tell us about a course a little bit later on that, that, that we can come along to. But you need to know that there will be people who try and stop the work of God relentlessly. Sometimes it will look like God's enemies have won. A third point, very briefly, before I finish. At some point, God will bring all the injustice to an end. Next week, Nathan's going to take us on to look at chapters 5 and 6. Do please come back for that. Come back anytime, any Sunday, and help us forward to join us as we look at the Bible together. The, the, the fortunes of God's people completely change. But at the end of time, God will bring all injustice to an end because it looked like God's enemies had won at the cross. What could be more final? God's son silenced by nailing him to a wooden cross until he was dead. That should deal with him once and for all. You'd think, wouldn't you? People had campaigned for years for that, religious people. And towards the end, uh, they'd had to use uh, bribery and tell some lies and exaggerate a little bit. This is what they said to um, Pilate, remember, of Jesus. They said, we have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payments of tax to Caesar. Luke, 32, uh, Luke 20, 23. Yeah, they're, they're effectively saying, Pilate, you let Jesus go and, and, and everything the Roman Empire has ever worked for is lost. You want to destroy the known universe? You go and set Jesus free. That's what they're saying. But all the injustice comes to an end. When Jesus walks out of the grave, completely alive again, totally exonerated, full of glory. And so Christians believe that one day all injustice will come to an end. Sam Ganji says that in Lord of the Rings. One day everything sad is going to become untrue. And so we can be patient when it looks like we've been defeated. Um, I don't know if you're into football. Um, I grew up on the south coast and I'm a don't judge me. I'm a Brighton and Hove Albion fan. Okay. And um, we played Man City in May this year. You might know that. And I don't mind watching the replays. Okay, because I know I, I, I know how it went. I don't mind watching the replays of Brighton playing Man City, even when Phil Foden scores the second goal for Man City and we are 2-0 down. I know it's going to be okay. Because um, Brighton are going to, in one of the epic comebacks of our history. Brighton are going to score three goals, 40 minutes from time. Yeah, the last goal is going to go and they're going to be wild celebrations. 
Brighton are going to win a famous victory. I don't mind watching that. There's no jeopardy in that, ultimately. Because I know he's going to win. And on the cross, Jesus won a famous victory. And so we're not panicking. Even though it hurts, we're not panicking. We know that God understands what it's like to face enemies. And we know that Jesus Christ cares about what we're going through when it's painful. But he has told us that one day, when Jesus comes back, his victory will be complete. Complete. It's true, God's people won't win every battle. But in Jesus Christ, they won't ultimately lose. Should we pray? Heavenly Father, you know that we won't always win every battle. And some of us carry the scars of the battles that we fought. It's hard. But we know that Jesus Christ knew what it was like to be betrayed persistently by religious people. And he went all the way to his death and then secured an exceptional victory so that we know that one day all injustice will come to an end. So I pray that we would know that we're deeply understood and I pray that we'll hang on for that victory to become complete. And we ask these things in your name. Amen.